Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. everybody Jurassic views we're here again Saturday morning bright sunny day after what was an emotional an exhausting week of basketball but also an exhausting week a uh, sorry exhausting road trip and and although we had a home game in the last 10 games we had one lone home game in the last 10 games we played nine road games out of 10 and we're not even playing in Toronto uh it was grueling and I think last night's game kind of summed up what the last 10 games have been like and miraculously despite having heavy legs despite having uh two starters out of the lineup we despite it being a back-to-back we figured out, we navigated, uh, you know, uh, Fred Van Vliet playing his best capped, old captain of a ship, somehow navigated the, the stormy seas of Lake Superior <laughs> and figured out a way to, to beat Minnesota. Um, grueling, ugly. There's lots of things we could talk about. We'll try not to spend too much time on the poster that was Yuta Watanabe getting absolutely humiliated. Some would say a career-ending dunk <laughs> by Anthony Edwards. I believe the Chosen One will be back with vengeance. Maybe not on a dunk, but he'll be back with vengeance. Zayaquiena, on a day where we took an 2 to an 3 how are you feeling? Hey, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I told you. I told you after that Bucks win, I'm I'm flying high. And uh, even though uh, last night's game against the Wolves was uglier than sin, ooh, shout out, shout outs to Most Def. Uh, we came out victorious, you know. And uh, I quote the artist of that uh, slam dunk, circa '95. Um, Slam uh, Magazine poster, uh, uh, Anthony Edwards, he said uh, earlier in the week uh, for his squad, they, they're very talented, talented, however, they don't know how to win. And I think they showed it last night. They right. had the lead late. They just didn't know how to finish it. And, right. um, and the Toronto Raptors took advantage of it, uh, courtesy of uh, some, some, you know, creative you know, really, you know, uh, we're talking rabbit out of the bag kind of magi magician style yeah. decisions by Nick Nurse in inserting particular members of the bench, which we'll address later, uh, just so he could find something, uh, you know, of an offensive spark. But what it really, what we were able to do was, uh, you know, maintain a level of uh, defensive effort. Uh, Except for that third quarter, just complete, oh, um, complete, just bottom. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we just 
were felt disoriented. And, yeah. and that's an understatement, right? Uh, I mean, to start the first quarter, if we can uh, really go into it, Bryce, uh, we, it was, you know, we, we, we put our foot down, right, in, uh, in Minnesota. Well, it was 28-15 to end the first. Uh, we then dipped uh, to only scoring 17 uh, in the second quarter and allowing 20. Then in the third quarter, we just, I think, fatigue really cemented us. Yeah. Uh, and that's across the board. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Norman Powell's offensive wizardry. Uh, but uh, we only scored 13 in the third uh, huh. and and allowing 29. And allowing, I think, is a, is a gifted term. <laughs> I think we, we, they, they, they permeated uh, our, our defense and, our, and whatever what we were trying to do on that end. And then in the fourth quarter, we showed up. We, we scored 28 points and limited them to 17. And so um, their bench showed up. Our bench, unfortunately, didn't deliver as much. No. You know, we compare, you know, 31 compared to 17 points. Yeah. Um, but uh, it just wasn't a pretty game to watch. I think my only takeaway is Norman Powell continuing his Rish. rampage on the offensive end. Man, and, oh man. And also questioning the NBA in terms of scheduling. Goodness gracious, can you have a little bit of mercy on a team that's not even playing in its in its building, in its uh, in its city of origin? Goodness gracious. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the numbers and you know already, I mean, Masai was negotiating for like some sort of, uh, you know. Compromise. Uh, exact compromise or like package to compensate what was going on. And here we are in the first 30 games of the season and we've played more road games, more travel games than anyone else. And we have nine out of 10 while the Milwaukee Bucks are now in their third game of an eight-game homestand. It doesn't make any sense. 18 games on the road, travel games, to lead the league. <laughs> That's There's no compensation. There's no compromise. Right. It's You guys can figure it out. <laughs> the NBA office knew that Tampa Bay was the site of the Super Bowl going into yeah. this season. So it's not as if you didn't have any of these variables in order for you to make a much better calculated decision. Um, I don't think it's healthy uh, on these guys, both physically, mentally, emotionally. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, in negotiations overly, over the offseason, hopefully there's some sort of compensation. Hopefully the NBA is also forking the bill for most of what is uh, having to be in terms of operational costs in Tampa Bay rather than us, the franchise. Now, that doesn't mean MLSC, you don't have to dish out the cash. Yeah, to your players, and and you start hoarding, you know, hoarding it. Bell, I'm looking at you, Bell Media. I'm looking at you, Rogers. Um, yeah. Nevertheless, um, you know, back to you know basketball. It's you could see it last night. It's just not even oh, yeah. entertaining, right? So if you right. want to put out a good product out on the to the court, now yeah. co coordinate a schedule that will facilitate that, right? Oh man. Well, I mean, nobody's watching our games anyways, Just, you know, even if we beat up the Bucks and, and Nets. Apparently, there's only one country that matters, uh, even though Adam Silver will go on record with TNT to say, 
we have 130 million people that watch the all-star game. Oh, really? But when you play in our building on a ESPN or TNT in Canada, uh, and we have almost the entire country watching a game like that, all of a sudden TV ratings are low in America. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's convenient. But regardless, let's get back to the game. And let maybe me just tell you. Maybe we're trying to deviate from actually talking about the game because it's <laughs> yeah, that bad. Um, let me tell you, Friday nights are always difficult, okay? I'm trying to do a lot of things. I'm trying to. Tell us, I'm tell tr- us what I'm, your Friday night is. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to clean up the dishes quick. I'm trying to, to kiss my daughter goodnight because she's got to get to bed at a decent hour. Um she, you know, she, she's excited because she knows the Raptors are on, but she can't watch it because it's too late. You know, I haven't seen my wife, in, you know, in quality minutes because, you know, the work week's crazy and she's trying to meet deadlines with her job. So I'm trying to set up everything, but I've got this nine o'clock start with the wraps. And so we're supposed to have some sort of semblance of a date night on a Friday. We usually target Friday. And I'm trying to like pick the right show. I'm trying to, you know, wash the dishes. I'm trying to give my daughter a kiss goodnight. And last night in that game, you know, Evelyn, my daughter goes, she goes down to bed a little later. I get to watch the first half. And I feel like I'm on the interstate beside the Pacific Ocean in Southern California because we are just cruising, my friend. The wind is in my hair, the sun is shining, I'm feeling good. And then we get to the third quarter and I'm trying to watch a rom-com and I have my phone on the, you know, below, <laughs> below, uh, so my wife can't see it just on the, on the couch. And I'm looking at the score and my car that was just cruising on this interstate is now, you know, off the road uh, almost in the ocean because we've somehow swerved off the interstate, not knowing what we're doing. I mean, it was, it was, it was tough, man. It was tough to, to, to navigate that. I don't know how we got even got back in the game. I, I, I almost threw the game completely away. So I'll, I'll confess. I wasn't watching the second half. I'll confess You're that. You're still watching that, that to all the boys. We actually finished that trilogy, but um, it, I, I'm telling you, man, it was, uh, it was, it was tough to watch, tough to manage everything last night. I don't even know how, how Freddie did it because I couldn't do it <laughs> in my own house. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as you were saying, we, we somehow managed to get back. Norm Powell had 31 freaking points. The guy's averaging 23 a game in 14 as a starter. Talk to and me. If, if this was at the start of the season, if, if this was the first 14 games of the season, Norm Powell would honestly be in the all-star conversation. That's how ridiculous this man is playing. Um, he's just off the charts on so many things. He's, he's playing defense. Nick Nurse was talking about it. He's a two-way player. He's not just a scorer. Um, Chris, Middleton, and D, baby. Chris, Chris Middleton knows all about that. And, uh, you know, we're – he he kept us in. Remember Orlando? I think I've mentioned this game this season already. Uh, we had a game in Orlando last year where they're wearing their ugly orange jerseys, Ugh. and 
he had he had like 30 that night and it was a low scoring game it was like 90 82 or 90 85 and norm dug us out of the grave man and last night he must have found some money grave because here we are getting out of it and uh and finding our way to a victory now we have some guys to talk about who didn't perform on the bench, but there was one guy who did perform on the bench and, and made a money shot and, and two free throws last night. Terrence Davis, who huge risks to the fan base because he was dead to us and he, he's, he's moving among us, the walking dead. Uh, any any thoughts on TD's play before we get to some other TD matters? Uh, yes, I mean, I couldn't uh, expect much from him when he was put in, right? Especially knowing that Patrick McCaw was back after yeah. being out of the lineup uh, for about five months. Uh, we haven't seen him since last season, right? And this is not even including March, the bubble. March 9th, I think, was his Exa- last game. <clears throat> exactly. So... Um, however, we know, you know, Patrick McCall, he's not the guy that you rely on to put buckets on the, you know, um, um, yeah. on the score on the scoreboard. It's just it is yeah. what it is. He's, yeah. you know, he defers to his players. He's a playmaker. He plays defense. But, um, you know, TD showed why uh, his name should be on top of Nick Nurse's mind, because right. uh, when it comes down to it, he can get you a bucket, which is something that. Malachi Flynn, Matt Thomas, uh, even whether it's Paul Watson or even uh, Yuta Watanabe cannot do uh, with at least confidence. I mean, he can turn the ball over five times and still make a confident shot. And so in this case, uh, Pascal made, you know, the right pass to him on, you know, left wing. And uh, he, uh, he hit a big shot to put us up. And, and then obviously uh, making the necessary two free throws to solidify the win. Uh, is there a conflict in my heart whenever he's yeah. on the court? Uh, sure. More ways than one, um, not just as a basketball player, but particularly as a basketball player, because uh, he has a high turnover rate. I don't think he always, I think he's slow to kind of pick things up on the court, but when he needs to do one thing, which is to score and you give yep. him a little bit of space, uh, he can do it for you. So uh, that's exactly what his role is off the bench for us. And uh, to secure a win last night, however ugly it is, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. There, as you said, there, there is conflict. And I think there's, there's all kinds of, there's a range of emotions or responses from the, the TD case. Obviously he was alleged to have, uh, you know, assaulted physically hitting his, I think ex-girlfriend at this point, although I could be wrong. Uh, his uh, child was there, was present. And the case, I think, uh, earlier this week, a couple of days ago, um, uh, kind of came to a head and the ju- judge made some initial decisions. And uh, he had seven charges against him. Two were kept, um, none of which had anything to do with um, him uh, assaulting or laying a hand on his uh, partner. Uh, he broke uh, the phone uh, of, his, of his girlfriend. Uh, and in, in the midst of kind of, I guess, some sort of 
altercation between the two of them. He uh, had hit over, knocked over uh, his child. And so those two counts hang over his head. The judge said he will keep this on the record for a year. So TD has a chance to clear himself if he behaves himself for the next year. So kind of a bit of a parole type uh, situation. Um, so we'll see how, how that plays out. It, it doesn't feel good, does it? It doesn't feel um, with everything going on in the world and uh, with all the stories that we hear and don't hear and all the statistics about, um, you know, spousal or partner abuse, domestic violence, um, and the like, it, it, it doesn't feel good. And, uh, you know, I think this will still hang over Terrence's head beyond this, this season and beyond this calendar year. Um, but we, we have to hold these things, don't we? And that's the difficult part. We have to hold the humanity of, uh, of Terrence Davis and all, all the things that, that come with them. We, we get a win through them, but we also have to think about bigger things and, and more important mm-hmm. things. What were some of your uh, quick thoughts, my friend, as, as you carried all this last night? Yeah, well, we've had this conversation for months on end now, right? Bryce, yeah. both privately and um, on the pod, uh, we recorded a episode back, I believe in December, where we mm-hmm. quote um, the writer, uh, Katie Hindle, on her work, uh, yeah. quite eloquent on the subject matter of, you know, fa- the, the ethics of fandom in a sense, huh? right? Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you hold in contradiction, in conflict, uh, rooting for a team, a player, yet also completely disagreeing with him and, um, and also having a sense of loathing, you know, for as some are uh, emitting out on Raptors Twitter. Um, I think we, you know, what we, what I've, you know, in the months of processing this, but I think it's years of processing this because of our, you know, our fandom goes way back and we've wrestled with, you know, uh, these types of matters. And uh, one thing that I, you situated because of the, the the attention it received was the the, the case involving uh, Kobe uh, the late Kobe Bryant yeah and so I think how I think I would in, I won't instruct people how to think and feel about this matter but how I've been able to f- process it is um, I hold both of those truths in conflict that's right right in you know and 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 as the template of of it being the the late Kobe Bryant is knowing and acknowledging someone to have these vices and uh, the the history of 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 rape, uh, which is exactly what had concluded, though the case was dismissed Mm -hmm. um, for Mr. Bryant. And also for all the, you know, contributions he has done uh, in yep. his life beyond yep. just basketball, right? As a parent, as a, as a, as a partner and as a contributor, as a coach uh, and uh, as a mentor for so many. Uh, so when it comes to TD, uh, I know it's still early. I still think it's fresh on people's minds, the domestic violence case. And I, 
we have to stand in holding both of those kind of contradictions, right? So um, I know people are asking for him, for him to be traded um, and for MLSE and, you know, Masai and Bobby to intervene and trade him away, um, uh, which I don't think solves anything. I, mm. You know, he's still in the NBA, he's still a basketball player. And so, um, but, I, but I think as Katie had mentioned, it, it's important that we continue the dialogue, right? Um, and make ourselves uncomfortable to have these kind of conversations um, yeah. and, uh, and not just put them under the rug. And I think um, one of the postures that, you know, I think we continue to try to, um, at least you and I try to t- uphold is listening listening to voices, you know, of, of those who uh, can, who experience it, those who have something to say who, and who are advocates on behalf of uh, women, of, of, of individuals who've experienced domestic abuse and, uh, and, and for us to not, um, not just lean on our own biases. Right. So, yep. so as a fan, yes, you know, was I, was I, uh, you know, cheering that we were able to hit that three in the, late in the fourth so we don't have to be embarrassed by another loss uh, against one of the worst teams in the NBA. Sure, uh, being done by someone who I have conflicting thoughts and feelings about, absolutely. But um, I hope that feelings of conflict um, is uh, still the same as that we hold for the late Kobe Bryant. Right. Yeah. And that uh, if uh, and I'll leave it at that. And, and I and I hope that we can continue to have this type of conversation and dialogue and continue to uh, learn, not just as, you know, both of us fans, but also learn as a as a community of fans in Raptorland. This whole case is not easy, uh, but I think to avoid it or dismiss TD in this case um, is not the right call, uh, personally. And I don't think you and I could do, could do that, could dismiss it or avoid it. Uh, I don't think that's, that's who we are. And so people are going to say to us, oh, you made a meal of this topic on a post game. Um, no, we're just, we're talking about all the things that exist and, uh, TD, uh, getting off on, on these charges that exists and, and he's part of the team. So we got to talk about it as well as the victory and as well as his involvement in the victory. And I think if we didn't avoid, avoid it, I think if we did that and we dismissed it, that we failed to grow and we got to keep coming back to this. Right. Um, that's that's really important as fans, but more importantly, as individuals, um, do I believe TD's partner? I actually do. Um, would I want Terrence Davis to be suspended for the rest of the season? Yes. Would I also want the Raptors to continue to develop him as an athlete and as a human being so that he never returns to um, a mentality, let alone actions of uh, abuse? I do. I hope he can, you know, continues to. I hope they continue to develop in, in that way because as far as I know, the franchise um, and leaders within the franchise, that's what they care about 
as long as well as the game. So, yeah, I, I don't think any of these things are easy. Um, but they exist. And as basketball fans and as humans with complexity in our story and in our hearts, we got to hold all these tensions together. Absolutely. And, uh, and I, you know, I think, uh, um, you know, I think the Toronto Raptors as a, as a club, as a team, uh, uh, as a unit, I think there's things that we don't, we're not privy to, or we don't have access to. And yeah. so um, I hold a lot of those guys, whether it be the Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry's, Pascal Siakam's, um, uh, I uphold them, you know, in terms of integrity, in terms of who they say they are. And, and I would, uh, I trust their judgment, especially how they navigate this, because they're not just fans of TD, they're his teammate, and they probably know as, you know, more than we will have access to. And I give that also, and I, and I give the benefit of the doubt to uh, Masai and Bobby and those who are in management. Um, and, and also uh, the women in that organization. I know Masai issued some statements earlier in terms of yeah. what he did in terms of surveying the organization to ensure um, a level of uh, trust and safety uh, through a gender lens. And so um, all of that is out in the uh, interweb uh, for people yeah. to, to check out. So I highly recommend mm -hmm. that they continue to uh, you know do their homework, um, you know, read different articles, not just the ones that on basketball, you know, about the content of basketball, but mm -hmm. also about the culture, right? Because yeah. again, again, this, you know, you can't take, um, you can't take the, um, the, the great and celebratory elements of, of, of the game without also uh, reconciling it with some of the uh, vice and tension and contradictory uh, issues are uh, evils that you know um, that it brings out as well because at the end of the day you are dealing with people so yeah. um, moving uh, moving forward and, and and if someone doesn't feel that we've given this enough attention uh, feel free to uh, send us um, a message in our uh, in our dms uh, we'd be happy to to, to converse and to continue to have this kind of conversation, uh, whether it be privately or even on a thread. So holler yeah. at your boys. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Well, uh, it is, it is another win uh, that takes our winning streak from two to three. It uh, also puts this grueling stretch of 10 games behind us. Goodness and, gracious. And, and if we thought Carl Anthony Towns and this uh, big athletic um, Minnesota Timberwolves team was tough, we've got an absolute beast to the league uh, gives prep school treatment to in Joel Embiid coming into Tampa for two straight games. Oh, uh, we, we also have to hold other conflict uh, in our hearts with, Former Raptor, Raptor champion Danny Green coming in to the to the building. The uh, Green Machine. Yeah. Um, hey Bryce, so... I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, we didn't highlight this, but Chris Boucher uh, was the first Canadian to start for a uh, Canadian franchise, uh, which was history. Uh, uh, he had, you know, he had nine points uh, for uh, three for nine from the field. Uh, hit one. 
three, was plus seven, you know, had a meager three rebounds. Uh, he still had an impact, not so much as we wanted to, I take it. But does he start tomorrow? I mean, goodness gracious, we're going against a, a, an MVP, a potential MVP in Joel Embiid, or should you bring in Aaron Baines? To be quite honest, uh, and I think we've talked Please about Please be this. honest. <laughs> I think we've, we've talked about this before. To me, you play to your strengths, especially in a season like this where you, you're going to learn a lot through your mistakes and through trial and error and, and through um, adversity. And I think our best unit is when we go small, uh, whether that's with Lowry starting or with a guy like Bembry starting. But I think we go small. We play zone. We double team the hell out of Joel Embiid. We force him like uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo to make decisions and, and see what happens. Uh, yes, we know that Seth Curry and Danny Green can hit threes, although Danny has a tough time in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, they, they, can, they can hit the three, so can Tobias Harris. But I, th I think we make sure that Joel Embiid <clears throat> has to be forced into, into being a playmaker, like the Timberwolves did against uh, Siakam last night, and he was able to rise above all the pressure and, and be pretty effective as a playmaker, certainly was a great defender. I think at the other end, we tire him out, like we did to Brooke Lopez. We take him out of the game by pushing the pace. Uh, we have two games against them. This is a, a team who we might meet in the playoffs, whether in the first round, depending what happens in the second and a half of the season, or possibly in a second round, uh, depending how, how well we do and how well they do. So um, I, I think you played your strengths. Our strength is not size. Uh, we don't have Marcus Gasol to, to defend against Joel Embiid. But you know what? We've played this team without uh, Marcus Gasol last year. We have a game to look at. And we've seen other teams play against this team well. Luckily, it's not in their building where I think they're now for the second straight season, the best team in the league uh, at home. So, yeah, I, <clears throat> I look forward to the challenge and I look forward to the learning. And I think uh, Nick Nurse will take this on as well. Uh, and so, so will Pascal and OG uh, when we go small and we rely on them to, to, to take on the big task of defending him. But I think Boucher gets pushed around too much. I think he's, he's better taking elbows from Dwight Howard and letting Dwight Howard get fouled out in the first half than trying to take on Embiid down, down low man-to-man. Uh, -man. Damn, man. You went on a Zaya rant right now. <laughs> um, you know, to, all I'll say is, you know, to quote a 2000, uh, 2000s uh, cult classic movie, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. That's it. Nice. I love it, man. Well, the good news is, and there's a lot of buzz around the house uh, because of this, we will watch that game together as we, the lockdown's been lifted this week in Ottawa. Oh. So I'm very excited about uh, having that, having dinner with you and, and, and watching that Pop game. And maybe if we win that game, we can record our first podcast, uh, which would be our 40th podcast already in two months uh, oh, together in the same place let's go all right man enjoy your saturday everybody else stay safe wear a mask and we'll see you on the pod on monday morning peace peace